welcome to episode three of Drunk Advice with Katrina. <laughs> Can you even say my name? <laughs> <laughs> so, full disclosure, we actually recorded this, like, right in a row with Drunk Episode 2. I've been drinking for a minute now. <laughs> and so, for at least an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I'm, I'm at a really good level for this. Um, brief intro to the show, if you're just tuning in for the first time, is that I am... Always going to be hearing the questions for the first time drunk. Katie has my PA uh, voluntarily. She 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 asked for the job as soon as I said this is a thing I want to do and has been running everything like a fucking angel. Um, and she is collecting all of the questions anonymously so that I don't know who sent what or what's come in. I have no preparation before seeing these questions or hearing these questions. Rather, she's going to read them to me, and I'm just you're just going to get my very honest drunk response so that being said i think we can just dive in yeah um and so let's go into this one um this is a question that we had come in that i did have to edit a little bit um just based on some privacy stuff we don't want to talk about anyone without like their express consent and this person does not want to be talked about on the air so we're going to edit the question down a little bit and this is a question about the protocol of hugging someone um, okay. and we kind of mentioned a little on the last episode, I kind of made that comment of you and I both love hugging people. Um, but, you know, like, how do you hug someone? If someone's, like, really excited to hug you, do you, like, you know, are, are you the flying tackle hug type person? Do you, you know, pirouette into their arms? Do, like, Listen, <laughs> personally, I am the flying tackle hug person. Um, but I will also amend to say, and this is important, it depends on the person. Um, I am a flying tackle hug person for people that I love and am very close to. If I only view you as an acquaintance, I am a very different kind of hugger. So, um, this is where, and this is really important, comfort and consent are the most important things when it comes to, I don't even know if you can hear me, but I'm like hitting my couch as I say this. They're comfort and consent. Uh, I can only punctuate this so much. So, so important in everything. You should do what's comfortable for you. You should do what's comfortable for the other person. You should do what you have consent to do and what you feel comfortable giving consent for. So if you are a flying tackle hug person, make sure that the other person that you're hugging is like, totally down for that and prepared so and you prepared. don't knock them over although sometimes if they're like down for that but they're not prepared it's fun to knock them over you know like that happens um safe spaces don't do it in a crowded room don't do it on <laughs> concrete maybe wait until you're in a park yeah yeah safe spaces um i've definitely knocked people over before but like with their consent it's fun um but uh, yeah i will say if you are just a person who like a doesn't like hugging you don't have to hug uh, B, if you like hugging but, like, want to just kind of, like, be respectful about it and you don't want to get too close or whatever, that's an option, too. Um, feel safe communicating your boundaries. And if you don't feel safe communicating your boundaries with the person that you're trying to communicate them to, that's a really strong indicator about that person. And maybe um, you shouldn't be hugging them. And maybe you shouldn't be hugging them. Like, how, it's, it's an indicator of, like, how, you know, you feel about this person in your life and their, um the the way that they impact you so that's I, I think that's that's probably all I can really say on hugging it's all about it's it's about comfort level so whatever is comfortable for you and don't feel like you have to hug a person some way just just because Katrina is flying tackle hugging someone doesn't mean that me as her close friend is also flying tackle hugging someone I'm gonna hug them and maybe if they lift me off the ground that's cool but if they don't then 
you know, like, it's fine. Yeah, everybody's different, right? Like, I, you know, I feel a certain way about some people, and I will fly and tackle hug them, and, like, I don't feel that way about all, all people, and other people don't feel that way about the person I'm flying tackle hugging. Like, it's, it's all very much about your relationship with that person. She doesn't even flying tackle hug me, but well, I don't I'm also her. not tall enough or sturdy enough to handle that. I wouldn't want to harm you. Yeah, I would get hurt. <laughs> I would fall over every single time. I would never want to harm you. So, even though I'm, like, almost a foot taller than you, I, I still would fall over. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. In, all right, here's a, a more... <laughs> Made me take a drink first for this one. I, okay. I have a feeling this will have a very strong reaction. I'm not so sure what type of reaction, but this is going to have a reaction of some sort. Okay. Uh, this question came in on an Instagram story and is, uh, how do you invest in NFTs? Oh, um, okay. Here's the thing. And I'm just going to, so I don't know a lot about NFTs, but what I do know, I'm going to say don't do it. Um, here's... If you really, really want to do it, there are sites or apps that will help you get into it. Um, it's it's not hard. I know it seems kind of overwhelming. It's it's actually really not. Like, if you see an NFT you want to buy, you have to have a certain... Sometimes you have to have a certain wallet for some of those things. Um, but, like, they'll tell you what kind of um, crypto it sort of engages in, uh, and, and you can get the wallet for that, and, uh, some of them accept different kinds of currencies. It's, I, I, I know even as I'm saying this, it sounds like a little bit, like, a lot, but it's, it's really not, um, it could actually be very straightforward to have it, uh, but I will say, A, like, we've already seen the crypto market crash a couple of times, and I think the most time, the most recent time was just, like, I want to say a week or two ago. Yeah, it was um, really recent. It was really recent. The crypto market fucking crashed, which destroyed NFTs because that's what they're based on, right? And, like, I I also think, and a lot of other people have this stance, too, um, I don't know that I like art being sort of traded this way. It feels like, in one way, it's making it inaccessible and at the, like, to, like, have, like, cute, fun art, and then another way it's just, like, devaluing your, what your work is. Like, I, I feel like because you're putting it on this, like... Art is already commodified. Like, it doesn't need another level of commodity to it. Yeah. I, I think, like, adding this, like, level of, um, I, subjecting it to, like, this capitalist market, um, it, where, like, it, <laughs> crypto, like, completely out of everybody's control, um, Crypto can affect the the way that uh, what it's worth, its value, um, can make your art suddenly worthless, right? And that's that's a big deal for an artist, I think, or it should be. Like, from I'm not an artist, but like if I was, like I wouldn't want to put it on a market where it could suddenly have no value, or it could suddenly have so much value that it's unattainable to the fans who love it the most. I think that like. There's a, I think there's a way to do it and it's not NFTs. I just, I'm not, I am not pro NFT. I'm very anti NFT. Also, and I'm just going to put this out there, crypto and NFT, like all of it is really, really bad for the environment. And I know it seems like it's not because this is all happening online, but the way that they mine crypt, like the currency is it consumes a lot of energy. Um, and so I, I would, I would ask that you look into that. It's actually like really, really bad for the environment. It's just terrible. Um, so look into that. I, I'm very anti-crypto and, uh, NFT, which I, well, I know is gonna, 
alienate some of my crypto bros out there. I know I have friends who are a little bit into it, but that's my personal stance on it, and I don't want to lie to you about it. My, my personal stance is very much don't do it. If you do want to do it, it's not hard. Um, I do know, like, a little bit about it, but it, it just, like, mostly you just, you get certain walls. Like, there are apps for it, um, and you can, and you can kind of exchange currency through the apps, but so I, so I've given you, that's my advice on how to do it. You just go through like certain apps and, and you'll be fine. But I, I just, I would recommend not doing it. All right. You were so calm. I shouldn't have told you it was going to be crazy. You, you, you've muted yourself. Like I will be reasonable. How dare. All right. Here's another one that could be a little bit polarizing. Um, and it's a relationship one, which I know Yay, you love. Yay, love them! <laughs> So, this one says, am I wrong to break up with my significant other if they want polyamory and I don't? Okay, firstly, and I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to say this outright, you're never wrong to break up with your significant other. That's it, period. End of story. I, I and, and I, I want to say that, that as a sentence because if there's a re like, if you are feeling like, hey, should I break up with my significant other? You should break up with them. Like, that's, if, if you're at a point where you're asking that question for any reason, and I'll get into the polyamory versus monogamy thing in a second, but like, for any reason whatsoever, you are always allowed to exit a relationship, period. You are not trapped in a relationship if you are, for some reason, financially or whatever, trapped in, like, actually, like, stuck in a relationship. What I would advise is to please tell a friend that, like, here's the situation. I've been there before where I, I was financially trapped in, a, in an abusive relationship and I couldn't get out. And um, friends actually really helped get me out of the situation, so it's really important to talk to people. But, like, end of story is that you're allowed to break up with somebody for any reason whatsoever at any time. Think of it as at-will employment. You can leave. Period. Like, if you're married, if you bought a house together, if you... whatever, you can leave. Period. We will figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. I, like, down to, like, fucking message me personally and I will help you get out of whatever situation you could always leave. That aside, polyamory and monogamy this is important. I am a monogamous person. I tell people up front if they are polyamorous, I totally support that. I think any way that you love is beautiful, love is love. Love is love is love. Mm -hmm. Any way that you love is beautiful, that's great. But I'm a monogamous person, so I can't date somebody who's polyamorous because I, I wouldn't be comfortable. And ultimately, if you're not going to be comfortable and feel safe in a relationship, that's really important. Um, I, I think there are people who are personally monogamous who can date somebody who's polyamorous because they're like, hey, you do you. I'm okay with that. I'm not going to see other people, but I'm fine with you seeing other people. It's okay to not be okay with it. Like, it's, it's, it's okay to be okay with it, and it's okay to not be okay with it. However you feel is totally fine and totally valid. Like I said, love is love is love. However you love is personal to you, and that's fine. If you feel like, hey, I just, I, you know, my partner just admitted to me that they want to explore polyamory, um, and that's not something that was on the table before. That can be hard, because you've already invested a lot of emotion into this person, and so I just want to honor that, like, and respect that that feeling can be very difficult to deal with, but it's as challenging as it is, if you're not comfortable and you don't feel safe uh, emotionally where you are, you can leave. Um, and there's no guilt in that. 
there's never anything wrong with leaving. You're always, you're always free to leave. And that's really, like, I'm, that's just ultimately, like, really important for me to say. You're, there's, there's no guilt in leaving. You're always, it's always, always okay. Always. And it, and it sucks. Like, being the person who breaks up with somebody and being the person who's being left, it does suck and it's hard. And, like, we want to honor that and we want to be respectful of other people and their feelings. But your feelings are so important and so valid. Uh, and if you're, if you're not feeling safe emotionally, that's, that's okay. You can go. Um, and I, and I support you and I hope that your friends do too. Yeah. And I also want to say that there is also no guilt if you do want to try it out, see if maybe you are that person that is monogamous and can be okay with that. Um, like there is no guilt for wanting to make it work either, especially if you are in a long-term relationship, which I think sometimes does come across that way. Yeah, that's, yeah, totally fair. If you want to try, but like, and, and just to put this out there, if you say, let's try it and see if it works, and then you feel like it doesn't later, there's no guilt in changing your mind. Accurate. Like there's, it's, it's okay to be like, yeah, I'm going to give this a shot. And I feel like this comes up a lot too for, for me in terms of like, well, you know, I, I had this talk with this person and, you know, I said whatever I said, uh, but I feel like I didn't really get, like, there's certain emotions I hadn't come to terms with yet that I, I still didn't communicate properly and I wanted ha I didn't want to talk to them again, but, like, since I already said this, is it okay to talk to them again? Of course it is! Mm -hmm. Um, I, and I think, like, that's important. You could always go back and say, like, hey, no, we talked about this, but, like, actually here's how I'm feeling now um mm -hmm. or like this came up for me and I just want to like readdress or whatever you can always go back to a conversation and reopen it yeah um my partner and I do that all the time when we first started dating I asked him to like basically call me out on like bad behaviors because I was dealing with like my ADHD and so I was like hey if there's something you don't like like please tell me about it and it went a little too far to a point where he was uncomfortable calling me out on stuff and I was feeling very nitpicked upon. And so we had to go back and have that conversation of like, okay, this was a great idea and concept, but in execution, it's <laughs> it's not working and neither of us like it. So how can we readjust and find a good spot? And now it's been a year since that conversation and we're like, it's still doing really good. That's good. Um, yeah, yeah. Always feel, feel like you can reopen. And it's not, I, I want to clarify, it's not the same thing as like keeping score. Mm, and mm -hmm. keeping and keeping score is something that happens in relationships that is very toxic where you're like I you know I'm remembering this thing forever and I'm gonna bring it up every time we argue or you know like you know I'm keeping track of all the things that you do wrong to like bring up again or like you know making a list or whatever every time you have a conversation you you could start with like uh, you're not, you never start with a fully clean slate, right? But you say like, hey, I'm taking this knowledge of what happened before and I'm giving you a chance to improve it. Like genuinely giving you this chance. We're going to like, I forgive you. We're going to let it go. But like, I'm also not going to be stupid. And so if you're going to do the same thing over and over again, of course I'm going to like say, mm -hmm. hey, like you did the same thing over and over again. It's not improving. Um, but it's very different than going like, and, and like, and also being like, hey, I want to reopen this conversation is very different than going like, every single time we argue, I have a list of things that you've ever done wrong in our relationship <laughs> that I'm just going to bring up every time. Because if you've already talked about it, and like the person has genuinely like, made strides and is improving, then that's, you know, something that you should let go. Mm -hmm. um, from the past, we don't we want to move forward wisely. Um, and without uh, 
begrudgings or what's the what's the without how holding a grudge against yeah. somebody we don't want to hold a grudge we don't want to ho- have resentment mm-hmm. against things that they've done in the past if they're genuinely sorry and they're genuinely making you know efforts like we always want to come to a conversation open um so yeah so you're always like it's always okay to reopen conversations mm-hmm. um and say like hey here's like here's where we were, here's where I am now, I just wanted to, like, give you an update on how I'm feeling about this situation. So, yeah, very different things, and, you know, again, just, you're, always feel free to communicate, you should always communicate, if you don't feel comfortable communicating, that's another thing you should talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, But But yeah, the score thing, I think, is really important, especially for people dealing with trauma, because your entire life, if you grew up with childhood trauma, you've had people keeping score against you, and it's really easy to bring that into a relationship again. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I, it's also, like, you know, I've had people keep score against me in ways where I was, like, every time I tried to bring up, like, hey, you did this thing that kind of hurt my feelings, can we talk about it? They'd go, well, you did this thing this one time in the past, and I was like, okay, that's not, I'm sorry, this isn't relevant to this discussion, but also you bring it up, <laughs> like, you brought it up last time, too, and I've already apologized for it, and, like, mm-hmm. I thought we moved past it. Um, and so, like, it's, it can be really harmful to conversation to keep score. Mm -hmm. So we're not keeping score. It's very different to, like, do that versus saying, like, like, hey, I know we talked about this. I want to reopen the conversation because I'm feeling a different way right now. And, Mm -hmm. and, or there's something I didn't address. Um, and I want to address that feeling. Uh, and I just, I think it's important to feel comfortable talking and communicating openly with the person you're with. And if you can't communicate with them openly then that's something you need to examine, too, about your relationship. Mm-hmm. And so just to also just drive home that my... I just splashed booze all over me. Um, <laughs> just to drive home my original point, which is you're always free to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, always, always, always. And I know that there's... Like, you're going to feel guilty a lot of the time, but, like, I just want you to know that you don't have to. Um, you didn't do anything wrong by leaving and by looking out for your own comfort and your own safety. Protecting yourself and self-care is, it should always be your top priority. Great. All right, marking that one off the list. Yay. Nice. I'm doing these all out of order. Um, Love it. All right, let's do a a little lighter one, um, which is is one that I I find hilarious, especially considering our lives. You'll you'll know why in a moment. How many cats is too many cats? Uh, none. I'm a cat lady. Sorry. None is too many? None is too many. I mean, like, you can always, like, you, there's no number that's too many. Like, you can have as many cats as you would like. If you think that you should have 100 cats, you should have 100 cats. But I will say, make sure you have enough space for them. Uh, Cats are territorial, and they do, if you have, like, two or more, they'll start wanting their own space. They want to make sure that they can um, get away from their fellows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's important. So I think like it, de- it depends on the size of your space and how well your cats get along. Um, my cats don't get along at all. And so no, no space is big enough for them at this point. They're just like, I fucking hate you. And so it's, it's really rough. I only have two cats and they're just like, no. Um, but my roommate has another cat and that cat fit in, like blended in really well because he gets along uh, really well with one of them, and the other one he attacks sometimes too. I have this one poor baby who both cats attack. Uh, but sometimes he just, like, licks her and they have affection, and, you know, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, I will say it depends on the cat. Like, um, one of my cats is, like, a very, 
she should have been in a one cat household and she ended up not in a one cat household and what are you supposed to do because now I'm I'm bonded to the other cat too and he's bonded to me and it's not like I can just go well mm-hmm. I'm just gonna rehome you he's my baby yeah so you know we ended up in a situation because they when we adopted them they were kittens and they were like you have to take two uh because that was how they adopted out kittens at the time they were like you have mm-hmm. to take two so they're not alone and I'm like okay well they ended up hating each other so how did that not alone thing work out but um but like that's how, that's just how it was it is the general rule is that they either want to adopt out into a home that already has cats or something because they are social creatures for the most part you just happened to get one that was highly introverted yeah she was so introverted she just didn't want to be a part of this um and then the other cat just like hates her and attacks her all the time it's just like it ended up being a very bad situation but that's not usual right like but it and and when it does happen you do Mm -hmm. want to pay attention to your cat and their needs um also you can return cats i had a cat that was I, i foster was the sweetest cat in the world we called him a snuggle tank like he was this huge 16 pound cat that just wanted to lay next to you and purr. Baby. Like, he, was, he was the sweetest thing. And he'd been returned after, like, four months because the other cat in the house didn't like him and the other cat was there first. And, like, that sucks, but now this other cat is off in a home where he's actually loved and comfortable. Oh, that's good. So, just a, a putting that out there, if you do adopt a cat that does not mesh in, sometimes the best thing is to take them back for their own mental health. Yeah. So I'm going to say that my answer to this question is there's no amount of cats that's too many. There's no amount of cats that's too few. Um, Pay attention to your cats and what they need personally because they all have their own personalities. Um, And they do all need enough space. So, like, if even if they get along, if you put five cats in a really small one-bedroom apartment, it's going to be too much for them. So pay attention to the amount of space that they have. Um... Because that's important. They're going to, like, at some point they need, like, enough space to have their own, like, separate water dishes and litter boxes and stuff like that. So they feel like they're not being encroached upon by the other cats. Um, so, yeah, ultimately it's a, it's a space and personality conversation with mm-hmm. your cats. Yep. Yeah, talk to your cats. Talk to the cats. They will talk back. <laughs> they, they will my cats talk back. Mm-hmm. I actually learned recently that, like, cats grooming is actually, like, a sign of dominance. So, like, if you put cats and rabbits together, it works really well because for rabbits, being groomed means that you're, like, the alpha, you know? And for cats, if you are doing the grooming, you're the alpha. So bunnies and cats will get along because the cat will groom the bunny and they both assume they're in control. I just want you all to know that I used to have a bunny. Uh, He died in 2020 because it was 2020. (laughs) Um, But he and my, my introverted cat, Willow, they were, like, they loved each other. I bet. They were, like, dating. I don't know. They had a relationship. One time I, like... And if I didn't have witnesses to this, nobody would believe me. But, like, he... I brought him... I brought my money out um, with to show to a bunch of people. And he went and he hid behind my door because he was scared. And I said, oh, no, he's scared. I was like, Willow, go, te- go tend to your boyfriend. And she just, like, looked at me. And then she went over and she went behind the door to go, to go to see the bunny. And I was like, my God, she just really went to go tend to her boyfriend. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, so they really loved each other. Cats and bunnies, it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. My, my cats will, my, my less dominant cat will try to groom the boy, and he's like, uh-uh, nope, no, that's my job. They, they fight. It's really funny. That's what they fight over is who gets to groom each other. That's so cute. Yeah, they're great. All right. How many cats is two cats? How many cats is two cats? It's <laughs> too many cats. How many cats is two cats is two? The two. answer is two. Two cats. All right. We've got two more questions left for today. So, how do you deal with office burnout in a post-pandemic world? Oh, okay. Let's take a moment. Just take a deep breath. 
because, oh my God, that's real. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that happened uh, is that everybody started working from home and boundaries with our jobs sort of went out the window, right? Because, mm-hmm. like, there was there's something to be said for a physical, I'm going into the office, okay, I'm leaving now, and I'm leaving my work there. And, you know, there's also... Of course, people who have jobs where they are still going, people are still going, I'm, I'm work from home, but there are people who are still going to the office and, like, the lines are still being blurred or, like, they're being forced to stay for hours and, like, at some point the boss will be like, I'm gonna buy you all a pizza, but you can stay until, like, midnight or whatever. I think that if, at the end of the day, we're willing to be exploited, they'll exploit us. Um, that's, that's sort of, that's sort of my take on life. Like, I, you know, you can have the nicest boss in the world who genuinely cares about you, but, like, they also care about their business. And if you are willing to be exploited, they will exploit you. So the most important thing that you can do is set boundaries with your job. Um, I've started doing it where I'm just like, hey, no, I'm off work now, Mm -hmm. so I can do this for you tomorrow. Um, she says this, I watched her reply to work emails at like 10 o'clock the other night. Yes. And that's true. And there are nights when I do there, I make exceptions. So, cause I work in the music industry and there, there are launches that happen, you know, on like late at night for, for music, you know, music drops at midnight. That's a thing that happens. And so like, we always know going in at the music industry that like, they're going to be drops at midnight. Usually once a week, it's always going to be like Thursday nights, um, because new music Friday is a thing. Uh, but but knowing that I only make the exception on Thursdays, and even that I I usually request that I am told in advance. And if they don't tell me in advance, and then they ask for something on that Thursday, I will remind them, like, hey, I'll do this for you now, but like you need to know that you have to tell us this in advance. Um, this is really important, and I've had several meetings about it now where we're just like, you have to give us warning that these things are going to happen so that we can make sure we're, we're prepared with staff on hand and we're ready for it. But, and, and like, I just, I, I've also, like, I, I used to be significantly worse. Like, I know you've seen me do this a couple of times, but I used to be way worse. Like, I'd be out on dates and I would just be like, I'm so sorry, and I'd just be on my phone um, like, answering emails and just whatever every night. Like, I was always, always working. Um, and I have much better boundaries now where I'm just like, hey, I need to leave this work behind now. I'm done. Mm. I'm on the weekend or I'm going away. And to tell a short story, this happened to me recently where I, I had put in a PTO request. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am the head of my department. So when I say PTO request, the person who approves it is me and I approved it. So <laughs> I, I was like, no, I'm taking my PTO. But I, I took PTO on, um, in May and I had put in the request in March. And so I, it was two full months of warning to everybody like, Hey, I'm going to be out of the office at this time. And a month before I was going to be out of office, one of our artists said, Hey, I'm going to drop a single around this time. And I, so I messaged my coworkers and I was like, just a reminder, I'm going to be out of office. So ideally we'll want to have everything ready in advance if we can. Um, if we can't, we'll figure, like, it's Mm -hmm. fine. It'll get worked out. But like, if we can, like our preferences, we should have this ready before my time off. Um, and one of my coworkers said, well, maybe you don't take PTO at that time. And... I, yeah, I, it was, it was inappropriate. 
it was stepping way over a line. Uh, she's, she's not my boss. Uh, she doesn't have the ability to say that, but, like, also, even if she was my boss, still really inappropriate. She had two months' notice. It was already approved. It was already in the system. Like, that's not a thing that you can just say. And so I very clearly said, I'm going to be unavailable during that time, so let's work it out. But, like, I'm going to be unavailable, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, not like, this isn't a question. This isn't a negotiable thing. I put in PTO two, two months in advance. This is when it's happening. This is what's happening. I'm going to be gone. And I mean, also, so I was going to like a, I was going to a queer festival. Like it was a really big event for me. It was, it was a lot of fun and it was really important in my life. And I needed a break because I've been working, uh, so hard since the beginning of 2020. I've barely taken any PTO. Like this was important to me. And so there was like no part of me that was going to be like, oh yeah, let me call the festival and see if they can reschedule for you. Like that's not like a thing that could happen. And you were literally out of signal too. It's not like you were like at Disneyland where you could be checking your phone while you're in line. Yeah. And then of course my coworker followed up and was like, oh, well we're like, even when we're on PTO, we're usually available for high priority things. And I was like, no. That's not, that's not a thing that you can expect. It's PTO. It's literally, PTO stands for paid time, time off. off. You are off the clock. You do not have to be available for high priority things. It's really important that we start enforcing that because I think we live in a market that will, that is taking advantage of us mm-hmm. every single chance that they get. We, we don't need to live devil wears product. Like that is not what our lives should be. Yeah. No, set boundaries, set healthy boundaries, go, like, when you go home, go home, put your phone, like, don't, I mean, like, obviously we use our phones for a lot of things, Mm -hmm. but, like, put the work emails away, don't look at them, uh, I recently gave advice to a friend because he was getting texted while he was off, and I said, don't answer Mm -hmm. until Monday when you're back in the office, and respond as though there's no time that's passed between when you received the text message and now, because this, in terms of business hours, these are your first business hours back on receiving this message. So you shouldn't have even, like, looked at it. Like, you mm-hmm. haven't seen it until now, and this is the appropriate time to respond to it. And you could, you are well within your right to act as though you didn't hear it. You didn't, like, you, like it wasn't there, mm-hmm. you didn't see it until right now when you're back on business hours and they don't have a right to act like you made them wait because you're literally at the top of your business hours. You're like, no, sorry. Like in terms of the amount of time between when you sent me this and me responding, it's zero hours because it's, this is what I'm working. I just got to work. This is it. This is that, like, Mm -hmm. that's when I'm responding, period. I'm very grateful. I have a boss who does like, I'm taking time off in one of our busiest times of the year. And she's just like, cool, we'll make it work. Don't worry about it. That's awesome. Yeah. I, lot, I am very blessed with my boss. A lot of us don't have that. And I know that, like, you know, I, I like, I love a lot of my coworkers. Like, I, you know, I have a, a good job, I think, compared to a lot of people. But definitely, I think, no matter what, a lot of the time, if, if you demonstrate the ability to be exploited, they will exploit you. Um, and so you have to make sure that you personally are setting those boundaries and don't be afraid to say it because there's, and there are laws that are backing you up and you don't have to, you don't have to like threaten them with legal action. You don't have to like do any of that, but you can just say, sorry, I'm off work right now. Like I'm only responding during business hours, period. That's it. It's done. All right. And our uh, last question to end this one, another relationship one. Ho, ho, ho. Well, kind of, because it is, what should I do if I miss my ex? 
Well, I just want you to first know that it's normal. Missing your ex is very common. Uh, we all do, I think, sometimes. I mean, I don't. I've, I usually date mostly abusive people, so I don't miss them. <laughs> but I will say, I, I have some exes I miss um, that were not abusive. But it's normal. It's okay to miss your ex. It's important to know that just because you're feeling a feeling doesn't mean you have to act on it. Uh, we all feel lots of feelings all the time that we mm. don't act on. And that's, you know, that's really important. I, you know, I feel sometimes like I really need to eat an entire cake and I don't need to act on that. <laughs> it's not, it wouldn't be good for me. Mm. So I'm like, hey, I feel really strongly right now like I need to eat an entire cake but that would be really unhealthy for me. So I'm just going to let myself feel that feeling and let it pass. Um, and I'm going to not eat the entire cake. So similarly with your ex, um, feel the feeling, acknowledge it, let it go. Let it pass as it does, when it does, if it does. Uh, and it will eventually. Sometimes it takes longer. Mm -hmm. Your feelings are valid. You're allowed to miss your ex. It happens to all of us, especially in like fresh relation, like relationship mm -hmm. breakups, um, you know, something that was just so recent or sometimes even a year ago. Um, and then also like, like if you've lost somebody because they've passed away, um, missing them is, is very normal. And I think like sometimes also breakups can be a lot like grieving, uh, mm -hmm. a loved one. And, um, I think like, that grief and missing what was, what, you know, what was once a norm for you and, like, seeing this person regularly, like, it's so normal, um, and it can be so hard, and sometimes ice cream helps, <laughs> um, sometimes watching sad movies helps, uh, I, I think that, like, one of the things that helps the most is, is finding a, a feeling of commiseration, like, with other people, um, so talk to your friends, or, or do watch a movie that, like, like, this, you know, feels really, like, it, you know, it's true to home for me, or, um, something that just, like, find a place where you feel like these people get it, uh, or this person gets it, or this movie gets it, or some, like, this, something gets it, the song, you know, like, listening to this music, mm -hmm. like, they, they, like, man, it, like, this is hitting my soul, like, this is where I, like, I, like, they get me, and they understand what I'm going through, and that, mm -hmm. like, there's something so cathartic, in being able to like release that um you know like I you know I'm 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 with somebody who understands uh and it doesn't have to be a physical person <laughs> it can mm -hmm. just be music uh for me so often it's music um it's that last season of this is us I don't know if any of you guys watch this is us but like <laughs> one of the characters in the final season goes through a divorce and it is talking about like just because our relationship is ending doesn't mean that it wasn't a good thing it just means like, they, they talked about when it's time to give up and stop fighting, and, like, it, it just, oh, it hits home. Yeah. It hits home. Sometimes it's, you can appreciate what was without feeling like it needs to continue. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think ultimately that's my, that's my take on this, is, um, your feeling is valid, not all feelings need to be acted on. And I think in this case acted on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Drunk. I'm doing my best here. Um, not all things need to be acted on. In this case, you don't want to act on it except to find someone who, someone who relates to you or someone who can understand you or, you know, music or, or movie. Like, something that, like, really speaks to what you're going through so that you don't feel alone. Um, 
but you also don't want to be reaching out to that ex. Um, you want to you want to be able to let it go over time, uh, mm -hmm. and it does take time. It does take time. It's it's hard. Uh, I just want to like really validate that. It's mm -hmm. really hard. Breakups breakups are hard. hard. Grief is hard. Um, I think it is possible after a very significant period of time to potentially reach out to your ex again and be friend. I have one specific ex that I am friends with. Um, we are not close by any means. We talk every once in a while. We share cat pictures. Um, he's now been married twice. Um, he just got married again recently. Um, and neither of our significant others especially like that we still talk to each other, but we've been in each other's lives since sixth grade and like that's not going to change. But we also took two to three years without talking at all before we were able to get to that spot. So just putting that out there, if you haven't gone at least a year without really being in their lives, don't reach out. Don't do it. Yeah, you should take some time. I think that's one of the things too is like a lot of people want to stay friends with their exes and like you can, of course, do that, but you can't do it right away because your feelings are not friendship at first. Uh, your feelings for your ex are, of course, romantic and hurt, and, like, there's so much there that you just need to be able to process uh, and grow from. And, um, I mean, I have a friend who we never, like, were officially in a relationship, but we, we did meet through Tinder and, like, were... Um, there was some romantic stuff between us and some sexual stuff between us and like that and I you know it caused him a lot of pain I think at the time which I did apologize for which is by the way really important sometimes apologies can be a lot they, they can mean a lot to people uh so anyways you should always apologize for any wrongdoing but we needed time we took a lot of time before he was ready to like be my friend again and now he's one of my closest friends uh and I you know, I wouldn't change anything about that because I love him very much. And I, I think friendship was always the right move for us. And I think that, like, that's, you know, that's so valid and that's important. You can absolutely be friends with your ex. And I think also in some, in some cases, some people do find that at the time the relationship didn't work, years down the road, sometimes it does mm -hmm. and it's worth readdressing. But I will say, and I, I'm just... This is going to be my pop culture reference for the day because I like making pop culture references. Yeah. I was watching How I Met Your Mother recently, mm -hmm. and this bothered me the fuck out of me because, like, there's a couple that, like, had problems, and they break up because of the problem, like, very real problems that they had, and they get back together later and just start getting married, and they don't address at all that they had problems in the past, and it's like, okay, but how are you addressing that? How is that fixed? They didn't even bring it up. And, like, that's not realistic. Um, if you ever are, like, a, like, one day years from now, like, going to go, like, hey, we kind of want to give this a try again, you always have to sit down and go, like, what were the things that made us break up in the first place? Mm -hmm. Like, what were the things that were a problem? How have we addressed that? Or how is that different now so that this isn't going to be a problem again? And if it is going to be a problem again, if those things aren't addressed, then you want to have that conversation because it's like, maybe this isn't the right thing for us. Mm -hmm. Um, and so... I think it's important to close the door. Like, when you break up, you close the door completely. You move on. You adjust, like you grow as people, and maybe later down the road, you are going to get back together, or you're going to be friends, or whatever. But, like, it's important that romantic doors are closed when you break up, because you need to grow as a person, and they need to grow as a person. And I, I think there's no, like, easy answer to how you deal with that emotionally, it's hard. It is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very valid to be hurting. 
talk to your friends. Even if you think that you've talked to them too much and you're annoying the hell out of them, talk to them, tell them that. Because yeah. I definitely <laughs> had that after a breakup where I was like, I, I could see my friends getting so sick of me talking about it all the time, but it was like all I could think about. Like, your, your friends will support you. Yeah. They will. I do that to my friends all the time where I'm just like, I know I'm being really annoying. <laughs> I've, I have talked about this so much that you must be so sick of me and I'm sorry. But like, they're there to support you and, you know, you're going to be there to support them when they go through something similar or different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the trade-off, right? That's why we have people in our lives. So don't be alone. And if you do feel alone, there are things there are places that you can call hotlines that you can call so you're not alone um i know there are some people who don't feel super close to other people and maybe don't have friends they feel like they can talk to or family they feel like they can talk to their hotlines um and of course there's me and other podcasts and uh i just want to to send you all my love and support and i hope that you will get through this and i know that you'll get through this you're gonna be okay there's a good way to wrap up that episode we're gonna be okay (laughs) Hey, we're all going to be okay, all right? Um, (laughs) And if you guys have any more questions you want to ask, more specifics, you can send them to us, go to our website, drop them in the box. Katrina doesn't see it before, but I do. Uh, And we'll talk about it next time. Yeah, and also, just going to throw this out there, if you have a personal message that you want to send me because you're really struggling, Katie will pass it to me. Also true. Um, So, yeah. Just, I, you know, I I just want you all to know that you're not alone in the world. We're all suffering. It's been a hard time, and there's been a lot of things going on. So nobody's alone, and we're all going to get through it. Thanks for listening. (laughs)